Coming up on the next Moody in 40, this article jumped off the page at me this week and I want to talk about it. Let's talk about languishing on the next Moody in 40. So last week I talked about, you know, if I, got, if I could go back 20 years, some of the things that I would do differently and, you know, try to pass along a message to people that might find themselves in that place in their uh, late teens, early 20s, or maybe, you know, somebody that just wanted to get off on a, on a new foot and figure this out. And this week I had planned on talking about, you know, now that I'm in my early 40s, what I might like to do now, you know, which is probably going to look a little bit different than what I would have done at 20. That was going to be more foundational. This is going to be more present and things that I can probably improve on. Uh, if you were going to think about it as, you know, like a house, you know, back at the 20, you know, around 20 or so, you're building the foundation around 40, you know, maybe you're going to do over the kitchen, you know, so that type of analogy. But I had an experience this week and I shifted gears because I think it's really important. So, you know, we, I think everybody has had enough of the pandemic, you know, everything that it's, how it's affected our life, people that you've lost, things that are different, you know, whether it be you going to a concert or sporting event, uh, your kids going to school, you going to work. I mean, really, there isn't a part of our life that hasn't been touched by this in one way or another. And as human beings, we all just learn to persevere. You know, some people do it better than others. Other people get you know, mired down in depression. Some people thrive on it. Uh, when you look at how we've continued to evolve from March of last year, people, I think, you know, we went through a cycle. At first, it was it, it was almost like looking at stages of grieving in a way. Uh, at first, you were kind of caught off guard because none of us had really ever gone through anything like this, you know, to see, you know, toilet paper flying off the shelf and suddenly you have to stay at home and all the different things that are going through your mind that are creating a fight or flight response. Some people are fighters. Some people want to run away from things. I don't think you need to judge yourself on either how you reacted to it, but you know, a lot of that is triggered within our brain. And so it leads me to this week. I, every morning I read a summary of the New York Times. I get an email and it summarizes the entire edition uh, for that morning's paper. And I, I highly recommend it if it's something that you don't already do. It gives you a good you know, domestic view in the US. It gives you a little bit of a worldview. It hits on from a high level, all the hot button topics that are going on all over the world. And you can read it in less than five minutes. And one of the articles that jumped out this week was written by Adam Grant, who wrote an article in the New York Times on the on Monday, April 19th, called There's a Name for the Blah You're Feeling. It's called Languishing. And when I read it, I said, wow, I think this is the best summary of an encapsulation of how I feel about the entire last year that's transpired. I've been using the visual for a year now that I feel like it's, you know, take any kind of 
soda that you want. You know, pour a, a can of ginger ale into a glass, and typically, you know, you you crack it open, you got the effervescence of all the bubbles coming out, and you fill the glass, and you could just sit and watch bubbles for hours on end in, in that can of ginger ale. I feel like it's turned into opening the can, pouring it in, and it looks like water. It's there. The can is there. The liquid is there, but the bubbles are gone. And those bubbles to me, you know, they represent all the different parts of our lives that have been affected by this entire pandemic. And so that's how I've thought about it. And then you go ahead and you look at this article and the article really gets into, you know, from a deeper meaning what's been going on. So he talks about the word languishing and languishing is a word that I've never really thought about, but it's, he defines it as a sense of stagnation and emptiness. And I know for me, typically I am as energetic as could be excited to get after things, you know, just ready to take on the day. And for me over the last year, it hasn't felt like depression, but it also hasn't felt like my normal self. And that's what he talks about with the word languish. He calls it the middle, the neglected middle child between those two things. And, you know, I was like, wow, this, this really hit it on the head. So I think the reason I'm doing this podcast today is a lot of us, me included, I think men tend to do this more than women, but certainly many women I know are in the same boat. You know, you come across something in your life that is challenging and we're hardwired to persevere. You know, you get sick, you push through it. You lose money, you push through it. Uh, a tragedy happens within your family. It might be tough, but you push through it. With this, some of us, especially the ones that have had, you know, some severe trauma in our lives, you may start to compare things that have happened in your past and say, you know what, this isn't all that bad. You know, I'm healthy. I have a job. My family's okay. You know, you can just keep checking, you know, the boxes all the way down the page. But at the same time, I think there's too much of that going on. And there's not a, as much acknowledgement of for the last year, I really lost a good chunk of my life. All the experiences that I would have had in a normal year, I didn't have, you know, and I started to make a list. You know, I started to think of first days of school, like my son Andrew started kindergarten last year and his first day of school was on a computer. He, you know, I could still remember back to my first day of kindergarten. I mean, it's not clear, but I can remember being outside the school and my teachers being around and the excitement that built in that, like those kids lost that. Kids have lost uh, high school graduations from last year, the first day of college. And that's just one part of it. I mean, that's just kids. You think of adults, you know, maybe you work in a job where you actually love going to your office or you love being around the people that you work with. And now suddenly you're sitting at home and you miss the office, you know, camaraderie and the birthday parties that happen and going out to lunch and meetings in a boardroom. I mean, these types of things have been missed out on. And as time goes on, we start to build a new normal. And you hear that phrase all the time now. I'm not sure that phrase new normal. I, I don't. I, I think it's more of a evolution. I, I'm not sure we'll ever return to what we had before 
you know, defined that way. I think there'll be plenty of elements like that. But I think because of the trauma of what's happened, our brains are going to now be hardwired to think, uh oh, you know, this could happen at a moment's notice again. And so, what does that do? You know, and so what Adam Grant talks about in this article is that, you know, all that uncertainty that went uh, that went into this pandemic has really made our brains on high alert, you know? And so what does that mean? It means that we are probably not enjoying experiences as much as we used to because our brain is already rapidly trying to process, is it okay for me to enjoy this? Should I be enjoying this? Should I be doing something else? Is it going to happen again? So your routines, what was routine prior to March of 2020 has now in some ways unconsciously become a sense of dread because you just don't know. And then you add to that, you know, the name of my podcast is Moody and 40. I mean, for me, and I think a lot of other people that are in this stage of your life, where you're really taking stock of the things that you've done and looking at the things you might like to do. I mean, the term midlife crisis comes to mind because that's usually what's attributed to this, but let's just call it that. You put a midlife crisis together with a pandemic, now suddenly your brain is really playing tricks on you. And the longer this drags on and the longer your thought process has time to think, because you always hear the term overthink. If you overthink this, you know, now that mental health spectrum really could shift to depression. You get away from languish and you could go into depression pretty easily. So, you know, if you look at the words depression and flourishing, which he talks about in the article, flourishing is the peak of well-being. You know, you have that sense of meaning. You have that sense of mastery, whether it be in your everyday life or your career or whatever it may be. Uh, and mattering to other people. You know, you have that confidence, that air about you where you say, yeah, I matter. You know, I have a, a close-knit group of friends. I have a loving family. My coworkers have my back. But the opposite side of that is, you know, that depression, that valley of not well-being, but ill-being. You know, you feel despondent. And look at how much you see that now. You know, uh, Certainly TV and really any form of the media, most of them anyway, don't do anything to help that part of it. You know, it's always filled with bad news. It has a sense of victim. It almost wants you to uh, congregate with other people that feel that way. So you feel drained and worthless. Uh, their ratings go up because you're you're attracted to the dread. So you really have this word languish just sitting in the middle. And so with that, you know, I think we have one of two choices we can make. And we have to be conscious of it. You can either slide down the spectrum into depression or you can be aware that, hey, this thing has really messed me up. And it's not just me. I'm not alone. Everybody has been changed to some degree or another, some more than others. But we have all been affected in a way that all of us have this in common. I don't care who you are, man, woman, Republican, Democrat, you know, 90-year-old, nine-year-old, we all have made sacrifices. And the thing is, it's not over yet. So how do we get back to functioning at full capacity when we know that languishing is going to disrupt your motivation, your ability to focus? Uh, you're going to make excuses that you need to be doing things other than the things you should be doing. And all of those things are precursors to sliding into a depression if you're not careful. 
So I think for now, you know, the biggest thing is to own it. You know, I, I started to make a list of all the things, like I said earlier, that this has affected. And too, and too many of us, especially men, have been told, man up, get over it, suck it up. You know, I've been in so many, so many areas like this, whether it been whether it was the military, playing sports, uh, working in a job predominantly dominated by men, you know, like in sales. But that that added to it is even more dangerous because too many men are going to come out and say, yeah, just suck it up, whatever. We're almost through it. Get the vaccine. It'll be over. But it doesn't account for the trauma that's already occurred. And that trauma, I think we have to be held accountable to it. We have to acknowledge that it's happened. Whatever has been affected in your life, you need to own and acknowledge that's happened. And then you need to picture yourself standing in front of a, a highway sign that says, depression, exit here, or am I going to flourish and exit here? And you really, your brain is going to help get you there, but you need to put things in front of it to help you make the right choice. And I think the best way we get away from that depression side is to say, I wasn't the one that was alone in this. We were all in this together. So throughout the article, you know, it talks about this and it talks about being in a fog. I think that's 100% correct. I mean, all the daily tasks that we do. I think about the things that I've done this week. I drove to a restaurant, I picked up a pizza for dinner and I walked in and I forgot my mask. And immediately you feel guilty. Like, uh oh, I need to go back to the car. And you, it's almost like a walk of shame. You go back, you get the mask, you put it on, you come in, the person talks to you. You can't understand what they're saying because they have a mask on. It's kind of loud because there's a chaos of a kitchen. And all of that, as innocuous as that seems, is still, it's something that's telling your brain, man, it used to not be this way. It used to be, I could just walk in, strike up a conversation with the person in the restaurant. How are you doing? Here's your money. Thanks for the pizza. Instead, something as innocent as that, walking to the door to get a pizza, I, you know, basically became a victim of myself because I felt bad that I didn't wear the mask. So I had to go back and get the mask, fumble through the car to find it, walk in, not understand. Now I'm getting frustrated. I mean, so just something that small, a task that meaningless, uh, you could see how these things start to pile up over time. So, you know, again, just a few other takeaways that come with this. Probably the number one question we get asked every day by people is, how are you? How are things? What's up? You know, some form of that. And most of us will say, oh, fine. And yourself or great, or yeah, you know, some kind of response like that. What if you answered, honestly, I'm languishing. Now, some people are going to get caught off guard because that's not a word you use every day. But I think it's a great way to show that, yeah, you're not down on yourself and feeling bad, but you're saying, hey, I'm kind of in a, a weird place right now. And what kind of conversation does that bring on? They probably will say, you know what? I, you know, Some might say, I don't even know what that word means. Others might say, you know what? You're exactly right. I feel the same way. And I think that acknowledgement to know that somebody else feels the same way you do, and let's face it, all of us do. I don't care how macho or how great you are. 
some part of you is like, you know what? I really miss this. Or, you know what? I don't like that we have to do this this way anymore. And again, it, and the other dangerous side of this is the political side. You know, the people that you you classify the the Trump people as not wearing a mask and the Biden people as wearing a mask. I hear it all the time. I see it all the time. I don't want to wear this. I do want to wear this. You know, take that out of it. You know, we're just trying to we're just trying to get through and persevere and hopefully come out the other side of this better people than when we went in. This has certainly been a time of reflection, a time for us to look at who we are, why we are the way we are, where we want to go, where we came from. And just that question of how are you, you know what, I'm languishing. Where does that lead? You know, I guarantee that leads to a pretty interesting conversation. And it's not just victim energy being passed back and forth. I think with enough people that I know, it leads to, you know, hey, how do we get through this? Uh, you know what's really bugging me? I, I don't have any time away from my kids. Oh, I'd love to spend time with your kids. You know, or, oh, you know what? I, I just, I've really been bogged down with catching up with things that, at home. And, oh, well, let me help you with that. You know, people seem to shine and rise to the occasion when we're at our worst. You know, you think back to, you find out a family member got diagnosed with an illness. 9-11, you know, everybody wanted to rally around the country. Uh, any kind of major tragedy that happens, the first instinct people typically have is, I need to reach out to them and see how I can help. And in this day and age with what we're going through and every single one of us has been affected, what better time is there than now to say, I'm languishing. What can I what can I do for you? How can I be of service? I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. We'll get back on track next week with being 40 and what to do then. Uh, hope you have a great weekend and talk to you soon.